Hello and welcome. My name is Mary Lou and you're listening to the Hero Hotspot podcast, which is all about well-being for women both at home and work. We'll be talking to female entrepreneurs about their business journey and what inspires them, whilst also what living and working holistically looks like to them. Have you ever wondered where they get their inspiration from or how they de-stress? To hear and be able to relate to other people's journeys can be a powerful reminder to us all of our own strength, resilience and abilities, whilst also inspiring us to better ourselves. In this series, we'll also be meeting some holistic practitioners and exploring their wonderful practices and how they can help us in our everyday lives. Today, I'll be going deep and personal, sharing with you about my journey in faith and how it helps me. So today I wanted to talk about faith. And for me, it's a huge part of my life. And it's something that I want to touch on with my clients moving forward. And I realised that unless I am prepared to be open uh, and vulnerable uh, in disclosing how I feel and how it's helped me, I can't expect that of the people I work with moving forward. So this is will really be the first time that I've explored this publicly. There's, there's no need to really, is there? Um, we all have our own way that we work and we don't necessarily need to share it. But if it helps people move forward and recognise where they are, then I'm really happy to, to open up. So I was raised by a Catholic mother. Um, she wasn't what I would call a staunch Catholic, but she needed her faith. She had been brought up in a convent um, during the war and it was all she knew really, sort of mass twice a day. And it was a, a parameter, a structure that she was so used to and was familiar. I don't think it really occurred to her to do it differently. My father had uh, changed, um, adopted the Catholic faith when he married her. So although he ticked the boxes, I don't think he, it was a, such a dominating force in his life as it was for my mother. And I'm sure for any Catholics out there, they'll recognise that it has a, a guilt nature to it. Um, you're forever asking God forgiveness for things you've done wrong in confession. Um, you're never made to feel positive or that God, I suppose, was loving in, in the bigger picture. I think you had to seek approval at all times. So this was fine. I, I knew no different. I remember a lot of a lot of church when I was younger. I remember kneeling, being tiny and sucking the pews. I was so small and the taste of varnish in my mouth. And I remember really for my relationship with my mother, who was a very practical person and found it quite hard to be loving, that it was one of the few times that she would take my hand in church and tickle the palm. Um, and this used to thrill me because I didn't get that at home. 
being the youngest of five and five children under the age of seven, you can imagine it was fairly chaotic and noisy and there didn't feel there was much time for individual love or attention. So to have this specific touch um, kind of got attached, I suppose, to church. Or if I go to church, I'll get my mother's attention. I may not get God's and I may be made to feel inferior, but at least I got something. So it was quite complex in its own way. So this carried on until uh, it led to a disappointment on my mother's part when she found out that at 19 I wasn't a, inverted commas, a good Catholic girl. And this challenged her so much. Um, And I'm sure some of that actually was tied up with the fact that I was the youngest of five. You know, everyone, all teenagers have challenges and maybe I was her last hope, maybe I was her baby. I don't know, We've, we've never really visited it or talked about it. Um, but the challenge was so great for my mother that, um, it's very hard to know to how much detail to go into, if I'm honest, she rejected me as a person emotionally and, and physically in, in quite some quite dramatic ways. Um, and at the time I was sat down with a Bible. And this was really the first time she had gone full-blown Catholic on me. And in a horribly tense conversation, she said, basically, uh, I had sinned and God and she couldn't love me if I continued to have out-of-marriage relationships. Um, but if I changed my ways, it would all be fine and I'd go to heaven and and it would all flow again. And compared to my children, I was quite a late developer. My own children, who my eldest is 21, I'm always amazed at their, just their maturity and their growth and sense of self. Um, But I was not there. At 19, I was really like a 15, 16 year old. And I didn't know what to do with this, with this pressure, with this expectation, with this judgment. But I knew in the core of me that it wasn't tenable to stay, that it was not right to live under those conditions. So I left home under a cloud and carried on. Um, And relationships uh, eased. My mother started talking to me after a year. Um... And they repaired to a degree where where normal life was resumed. So this, I, I didn't, um, from a faith perspective, I didn't shift. I didn't go to church when I wasn't at home, when I wasn't um, visiting my parents. Um, and I'd always been interested in the afterlife and psychics and would read stories like that. But the being my my Catholic side of me wasn't shaken until sort of fifteen years later, when I was divorcing my first husband. This again challenged my mother so much 
and in the eyes of God, it wasn't um, approved of or allowed that again, what played out when I was 19 started playing out again, that, uh, quote unquote, I, my happiness was irrelevant and I had a duty and responsibility to stay with my husband and, and keep the family for my children. I found this so pervasive and overbearing that I actually visited the Catholic priest in my hometown who was equally shocked and reassured me that actually my happiness was relevant and I had a right to leave my husband if that's what I truly wanted to do. So leaving the that church that day, it felt like a massive weight came off my shoulders. No longer did I have that judgment um, and the, the promise of a hell, basically, <laughs> in, my mother's ter- in my mother's terms, when you're brought up with heaven and hell. Although I was a grown woman, it's, it's still there in, in the back of your mind that there, you were a disappointment and, and not being a good person. So moving beyond that, I remember reading a book called The Conversations with God. And it's one of those books that kind of falls off the shelf. It's one of those books that you read when you're meant to read it that comes into your life. And whether you buy into the premise that the chap writing the book is basically a conduit for God's words, the theology of it, the concept of it, blew my mind that God had a sense of (laughs) humour. That was my biggest, wow! (laughs) And that regardless of our choices, that God loved us. Regardless. No judgment. No disappointment. No guilt. No fear. And after 35 years of thinking, I, I'm going to have to apologise to my mum and I, and I apologise to God for being disappointing, for not following the rules... I can't tell you how light I felt. So combined with that, I was also exploring uh, crystals and energy medicine. It's where my first love came in and homeopathy. And I suppose my biggest shift was by doing meditation and connecting to my true self in connecting to, I call it God, I call it source, I call it essence, angels, spirits, whatever you call it. I think for different people, their faith can be nature. It can be self-discipline. It can be working out. But for me, it made sense. It felt right. In all the hurt and drama and doubt and pain that resides within a marriage breakup, with doubting myself as a mother, breaking down a 
the house of marriage, the 10 years house of marriage and what was going to happen to the children, it felt like a razor blade coming from the inside to the out. And what kept me going was the meditation, was the connection, was just recognizing that right in my in my heart, literally in my heart area, there was a tiny flame and that flame was my truth. And as long as I had that, as long as I focused on that, that would be my light at the end of the tunnel. That would keep me going beyond the judgment I got from my family, which I did. I lost friends. I hurt my ex-husband. I was exposing my children to an environment that I did not want to expose them to. But in fact, I knew at the time that it was unhealthy for them to witness a marriage that was not happy, that did not, where I was not my best version of myself. And I recognised that and I could see where it was going. And I would rather my children see me happy and content and fulfilled and living my true life on my own than being in a marriage that did not show those things from either partner. So I remember everyone calling me brave at the time. You're so brave. You're so brave to make this decision. But actually, I I suppose I did feel brave to a part but knowing I had this, and it probably sounds ridiculous, but having this candle, this light in my heart, I knew that I was doing the right thing, however painful for all parties concerned, however challenging, I knew that that was my truth. And that was the beginning of my faith as I know it today. It wasn't dictated by a book. However many thousands of years it had existed, it wasn't dictated by a building, by traditions, by songs, by sermons, by people in positions of power, by people telling me I wasn't good enough, by people telling me that I should ask forgiveness, I should be ashamed, or feel guilty. I knew that for me, my God was my shining light, was my truth. My God didn't need me to ask forgiveness. He loved me regardless. He held me through all this. My God, his angels, his forces, his essence, his energy, however you want to look at it, is what got me through. And I received indications, I received messages, feelings, which from the cold light of day, you think they'd be ridiculous. But I knew, and I know now, that that was my those were my rocks, not my imagination. When you find it, when you find that connection, you know in every fibre of your being 
of its truth, of its light, of its power and of its love. I do not need to prove my loyalty or my love by visiting a building, sitting with other people, going through mantras, which is what they are, ticking boxes in order to justify my faith. What I have is a connection with me and believing that I am part of God. There's a small part of God in all of us and we are one. And by connecting with the love of self and the love of God and with your allowing that to be your integrity, your plumb line, your source of right and wrong and knowledge and truth guides me moving forward. And since that time, 15 years ago, that has only grown. But since that time, I've had more challenges in life than I would care for. We all have them. That is life. Why we all presume that life should be easy and flow is beyond me. If you did not have the peaks and troughs, we would not grow. We would not find out who we are. We would not discover our strengths and what is important to us. And so in those periods of challenge, of death, of injury, of, again, without going into detail, what kept me sane, what kept me grounded, what kept me going forward was trust. Trust that I wasn't being punished, that I wasn't, it wasn't just me, that I'm a bad person. This is life. And those challenges in all their forms have created the person I am today. They were all in their own way a gift. Had I not been squeezed as hard as I have been squeezed, I would never have discovered my resilience, my strength, my power, my ability to transform all the, what other people would see as negative, all the challenges into a beautiful life. And I don't mean a beautiful life of I live in a huge house I go on four holidays a year it's not about that for us I have far from that I have lost all that and yet I have gained a depth of contentment and belonging and faith far beyond that that I've ever had before And I can only hope that that grows as I move forward. I remember 
having a discussion with a friend recently about a situation we found ourselves in the end of last year. Very challenging, kind of still ongoing, and the kind of situation that makes your knees buckle with worry and fear. And it had done. In the past, it had done. And I met this with trust and faith and a resolve that I I hadn't in the past. I will happily own my own weaknesses that it's had me on my knees weeping for a long time. And she said, how can you be so calm? How can you, why are you not more worried? And I said, because I trust. I trust moving forward that all will be well. I trust there is growth to be had in this situation. And there is no value in creating the worry and the stress for a future that may not happen, for an event or a response that may not occur. I can only control where I am right now. I can only respond to the moment. And in times of challenge, one of my mantras is right now, this second, everything is fine. I am loved, I love, I have a home, I can feed my children, I have a vision. Right now, everything is fine. And then the next moment, everything is fine. All will be well. Another one is, let go and let God. I do not try to dramatise or attach my ego, my emotional side to the drama, because there's no point. It creates stress, it's tiring, and it doesn't change a thing. So having found this connection 15 years ago, the more I sit into it, the more I trust it, the more I visit it. And there are moments I'm no saint. <laughs> I, I am human. I am a spirit having a human experience. And my humanness can be frustrating <laughs> because it does get to you every now and then. But I find that when I do my yoga, which I find particularly meditative, and I then do my meditation or I connect with source and I connect with that stillness which is inside of me, which is the part of me that is connected to source, to the universe, my grounding, that once I connect with that, that deep peace comes over me, that it gives me the strength and the courage to go, yes, I am human. I'm having a human's experience, but I can still hold on to that connection and that spirit 
and trust and know that all that is going on around me is a form of learning, is a form of growth, of soul growth. And I would not, I would not change a thing from my husband's injury to losing people I love, to losing babies, to losing houses, to the businesses I've done, to the ups and downs of it all, has made me who I am today. And I do remember there being a point about five years ago when I wore those burdens heavily and I felt defined by them, but not in a positive way. I felt that that was my narrative and I came at it from more of a victim mindset. Not why me, I'm never arrogant enough to go why me and not someone else but it was, they were heavy, heavy, heavy stories. But I remember being in an environment watching much younger women sharing their stories and recognising myself, my younger self in their journey. And it, this sense of weight flipped and my stories my experiences, my journeys no longer felt like a burden, but they felt like a deep ingrained wisdom, that they are a wisdom in which I can move forward and impart and help others with. They no longer define me in a negative way, but they informed me and created the ability for me to have empathy and understanding for others. And I don't know if the universe is creating this, but so far, all of the clients I've had, part of their story, part of their issues at the time that we are dealing with, resonates with part of my life experience. Maybe the universe is bringing me people that I can identify with, that I can understand. But to be able to share the gift of my learning is, is beautiful and humbling for me. And if a client thanks me for my treatment, I will always say to them, it's an honour to treat you. And I genuinely feel that it's an honour to be, for them to share their story with me, to trust me, to hold space for them. And I am honoured and able to, to share my experience and my learnings with them in order to help them heal. For me, that's, it's beautiful. It's full circle, which is how I think it should be. So I will leave you with that. And just to say that faith does not have to come in forms of structure. It can come in many forms. As I said earlier, whether that be yoga or meditation, 
could be cooking, it could be running, it could be being on the beach, it could be looking after your children or your grandchildren. As long as you find that connection and that peace and that trust and the faith that all will be well, then that can be your grounding in this roller coaster that we call life. Thank you so much for listening to the Hear a Hotspot podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Maybe you'd like to check out our Facebook page under Hera Holistic. Next time, I'll be talking to Vic Rendell, physio and owner of the Health Hub in Kingsbridge. I've known Vic for many years and I'm really looking forward to spending some time with her and listening to her insights on growing and running your own business. Until then, take care. Thank you.